0: Mark and Dan Mark and Dan Podcast
1: Mark and Dan
0: Hey ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mark and Dan Meets World. I'm Dan Brown.
1: And I'm Mark McKay.
0: Mark, how you doing today, brother? So good. I'm so pumped to talk about this episode, man. I am too. I remember this episode from being when I was a little kid, and it
1: did have an impact on me here. What about you? Like I said, I didn't see like the first two seasons till I was in like sixth and seventh sixth grade, grade. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like definitely this episode pretty much impacted me, um, especially with like how Grandma acts, and we'll get that later with the Mr. Feeny lesson of the week. But yeah, definitely. Rewatching this episode, I realized that, like, oh, this episode made like a bigger impact than I realized.
0: Yeah. And then I just realized this too, because you have mentioned that before that you didn't really get to see the first season until you were about in the sixth grade. Yeah. You, you would have been watching this at the age that Corey was during that yeah. time. You had to have been able to associate with this show probably much better than I was able to, because I, I was watching the show in its earlier run, you know, and I would have been, you know, 93 kindergarten or whatever at that time, yeah. probably not really understanding the show. And then years later, just being like, I remember watching this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but you must've had a, a little bit of a different experience watching this show, at least the first season or two
1: yeah as definitely. It was going
0: on as you were, you're living the, during that time.
1: Yeah. Especially these first two seasons. Cause dude, I was Corey in sixth grade and i definitely was even more so Corey in seventh grade so like when in season two i was definitely more him i like it's so good that i kind of like Tarantinoed the season the series mm-hmm. where like i hit the back half first and then yeah. i went ahead into the first couple of sections last um but yeah definitely dude like It hit me so hard in sixth and seventh grade. And, you
0: know, during this time, too, because I remember watching this and grandma coming in and getting a big ovation from the crowd. But I didn't know who she was at that time. I was just a little kid. I didn't know who Rue um, McClanahan. I'm sorry. I know I'm probably butchering that name here. I didn't know what Golden Girls was at the time. That show was
1: was a cultural hit when you look back at it. Yeah. At the time. especially especially when you're a kid
0: watching that show.
1: When I watched this in early 2000s, like 2001 or so, I didn't know. Who the Golden Girls was like, dude. I barely even knew who B. Arthur was. So like, I was just like, apparently she's somebody, and I didn't realize how big she was and the Golden Girls was till pretty much recently, actually.
0: Yeah, and we're also gonna see another guest star in this episode by the name of Carrie Russell, and that is the Carrie Russell that you're thinking about, uh the lady who's been in you know quite a few movies. I know she was in August Rush. Um, that August Rush. It's one of my wife's favorite movie. Um, she was in Mission Impossible 3. Um, she was a star in Felicity. Uh, I know she was in Star Wars, The Scott, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, what, don't ask me which character.
1: I can't remember for the life of me right now. Dude, everybody was in that movie. I was it, in that movie.
0: <laughs> you were in that movie? No. I remember seeing you in the <laughs> movie theater.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was
0: definitely there. She's going to go on, and she's going to be a bigger star in her own right. But at this time, she was more so an unknown actor.
1: Yeah, just a little um, teen actor.
0: But when when uh, Rue McClanahan, oh, sorry again for butchering that name, I know some of you guys are out there and be mad at me when she came in, the the ovation that the studio audience gave her was insane. Yeah, it and was like Beavis and Butthead. It, it really was. <laughs> But I'm going to point out one of my issues with that. And as, as culturally important as Golden Girls was, I'm going to argue to the to the fan base of Boy Meets World that I'm going to say the, the show, The Wonder Years, was probably just as big of a show to them at that time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the future, we're going to see an episode where the dad from Wonder Years comes in and plays a judge. Yeah. Not one person clap. Yeah. You got a couple exactly. of... <gasps> From the audience. But, yeah, like, you would think, and it's not like he was just some unknown actor. That was a
1: huge show. Yeah. And then so, same thing for years later when Fred Savage, like, even, like, Ben Savage's brother pops on, and she got, like, small, like, no pop. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think, uh, and there's a couple
0: comedy legends, which we'll get to in the future. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, not getting too far ahead of ourselves, where I'm going to make sure I point out, like, and there was no response from the audience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, Buddy Hackett, man. Buddy Hackett. Thank you. That was the guy I was thinking of. Yes. I didn't want to just go ahead and say it. But yes, it was Buddy Hackett in that Christmas episode. Yeah, dude. Um, and, and a comedy show of all things as well. Yes. But I do love how the show starts off where, <laughs> once again, it just shows Feeney is willing to manipulate children to get work done for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Corey and Sean are getting ready for the fishing trip, and he's having them pick snails off of the flowers to use for bait when the, uh, when Corey's dad comes by and says, fish don't eat snails. <laughs> and and Feeney clearly knew that, too.
1: Yeah. He goes,
0: oh, uh, I was
1: mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A dick. <laughs> but I also thought about this because the dad showing them how to use a new fishing pole, and Feeny nails the bucket immediately, like he, yeah. he nails what they're trying to do. And he starts doing this old fishing story, and everyone's like just getting bored with Feeney And then it hit me, I was like, How come they never invited Feeney
1: to go fishing with him Yeah, they should have. Like clearly, he was like a beast at a bass master. What he, he was said. a bass master, but he's yeah. also living alone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting there reading books again the same yeah. book it like they could invite him out for fishing like dude just mr. giving Feeny, your children advice whenever they need it yeah dude mr Fo- Feeney would be like dude i would go fishing with mr Feeney today if he was my neighbor i would be like dude he's he's got to have some cool stories get a, a couple dudes just hanging out oh absolutely and
0: you know one of my one of my favorite parts of this episode too and like right after this scene they they kind of show um it's kind of like the precursor of what's going to happen you see eric coaching morgan that so he can help pick up girls and and we're going to explain why that's a little bit uh a little bit more important here a little bit later but i i also remember this because grandma shows up when they hear la cucaracha uh (laughs) did you know anybody who had one of those cars that played a song like that
1: dude i my family is from west virginia so literally, so everyone. almost everybody in my family had that.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, my cousin Dave, growing up, I know his first car had that. And uh, whenever he would show up, he'd press it, like, kookaracha, kookaracha, and then he would just take off. Which now I'm just like, that's the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> but as a kid, I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> but this is where uh, our old friend Rue comes in. And I gotta say, you know, again, based off of the reaction from the audience, I don't know what they tried to do, but I, I would be surprised if they did not try to actually get her to come back for future episodes and just weren't able to.
1: Well, here's my theory. So, Grandma is like, you know, kind of like a free spirit. She's just kind of like out there, like spinster lady. I think she died. Oh, no. Because, because, like, dude, think about it. She was never in the wedding at Corey in Tampanga. She never was no, she never popped up. there's no reference of her ever in else in the series, so I think she died in a horrible motorcycle accident, trying to jump the Grand Canyon. see I that's a way to that, go
0: out. I think she was shot by a man in Reno just to watch her die. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> it might and quite possibly that's something she might have done too to get that rick and junior card that she said uh. She bought for seven dollars. That was easily a hundred and fifty dollar card back then. Yeah, I remember too being a kid because I used to be really big in the baseball cards. And when she was like, "I bought this card for seven dollars," I just remember thinking, "I was like, that's not how much that card's worth." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I just I knew immediately. I was like Albert Bell's card, uh, his rookie card, the Joey Bell card. At that time, was worth like twenty, which to a kid is like a million dollars. Yeah, especially in the nineties. Oh yeah. But I do love this because she comes in. She's making plans with everyone. And, you know, Corey's um, going to go to Baltimore to meet Cal Jr. And she's going to take Morgan shopping. And uh, she takes Eric to the auto show. And he's got the girls uh, tattoos uh, or not tattooed, He's got the girls autographs on his arm. Uh, Tatiana, I believe it was.
1: Yeah, some French name. Have you ever when you ever went to like a convention or anything? Have you ever got anybody to sign your body part? Never. Okay.
0: One, I think it would be really weird because the, here's the thing. The majority of people signing autographs are probably going to be athletes if, we, if we're just honest with each other. Yeah. And if you're going to be paying or if you're going to be waiting in line to meet, meet an athlete, it's probably a male athlete. Yeah. And if, if you are a heterosexual male, uh, you're probably not going to
1: want them touching your skin. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I think if you're going to, like, an auto, like a show where guests are, that you're going to meet them. I I wouldn't go like, Oh, uh, sign my arm. It would be more like, Hey, can you sign, you know, this eight by 10? Can you sign, you know, my football or something? But like with some like random hot girl, like dude, even as like a teenager, I probably wouldn't go like, can you sign my arm? I would, you know, (laughs) do something else. Although, (laughs) so I I do got to say, you can use
0: my pen. pun, Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's an innuendo.
1: (laughs) So I do have one signature that I got te- uh, signed on my arm and I actually got it tattooed. A couple of years ago, I met uh, Davey Havoc from AFI and he's oh. I'm a huge fan of AFI. They just played a, uh, a show here in Cleveland. And like I have like right here on my arm, I have one of their album covers on my arm. After the show, we just go like, hey, there's the tour bus. Let's kind of watch them hang out. And then out comes uh my friend Karen. It was my wife and I, and then we just kind of run into Karen. We're just talking to him. She was like, Yeah, um, I just got back from California. I just hung out with Mikey. You know, he's, you know, working on his mu- music. Uh, Gerard, he's working on his comic books. And I was like, Wait a minute. Mikey and Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance? She goes, Yeah, I know them. So then she told me that her brother is the. Um, editor-in-chief or like something like head guy for ap magazine so i I, like dude i didn't know this at the time but like so karen who i knew for years she just knew all these bands especially like bands that like i'm huge fan of so then a couple minutes later out comes adam carson the drummer of afi and then he's just like you know signing like album covers tickets and then he goes karen hey and then just gives her a big hug and i was like do you fucking know my favorite drummer in oh, my favorite so band cool. and she goes yeah i've known him for like 20 years so after that she goes hey do you guys want to meet davy havoc i was like oh f- fuck yeah so then she just like takes us to the tour bus and then out comes one of the managers opens the door and goes yeah karen hey and then gives her a big hug i was like the fuck and then like she goes, yeah, this is my friend Mark. This is my friend Jen. Uh, they want to meet Davey. He goes, All right. And then out comes Davey Havoc. And I was like, holy shit. And this is like the rare time that I was just like frozen. I was like, oh shit. Like this guy wrote my favorite music. He wrote like some of the lyrics that like touched me so much. So I was like, oh man. And then the only words I can muster up to say was, I I have a tattoo. He's like, cool man i got a tattoo as well (laughs) i showed him my tattoo which is the all hallows eve uh album so then he goes awesome do you want me to sign it and i was like yeah like i just couldn't say anything so then he just pulls out a marker and then signs his name on it and then i was like oh that's awesome and then like i just told him i was like dude i love your music Like I couldn't like really say anything. And then he had to go back on the tour bus and left. So then like the next day I had his tet, like the tet, his signature on me. And I was like, I got to get this tattooed. I'm sitting there like texting, like everybody I know who's a tattoo artist. I was like, I got to get this fucking tattooed on me. I got to keep it alive. And I was just like keeping it dry. And it was like June. So it was hot. So I was like trying to keep like cool the whole day, just to like keep it alive. So it took pretty much a whole 24 hours for me to like finally get this tattoo. But yeah, I do have a signature tattooed on me now. That's it. That's actually a pretty good story, man. Yeah. That's so cool. I wish I had
0: something that cool. (laughs) (laughs) No autographs and no tattoos, which probably it's a good thing that Eric did not get that permanently tattooed on him. Yeah. uh, Because he meets uh, Mr. Feeney's niece. Carrie Russell plays uh, the character, Jessica, Um, but he doesn't just meet Feeney's niece. And Feeney knocks on the door and asks how he entertains a young lady around Eric's age. And Eric thinks he's dating a teenage girl. And he's like, yeah, Feeney, you go for it. And Feeney says, I haven't dated a teenage girl since the Eisenhower administration. Yes. He starts going. He was like, well, you got to be a senior with a car. Um, but if that doesn't work, they'll find some uh, lonely sophomore that's willing to spend all their money on a dinner they can't afford to go to a movie. And Feeney goes, ah, dinner and a movie which just makes it even better when Eric actually sees her for the first time yeah. and he starts panicking. He's like, what do you need to do? Uh, dinner movie, movie dinner. This sounds yeah. perfect. And he gets more <laughs> and he gets more. He's like, when do I come out? And he sets the timer. Yeah. So, you know, one he, minute. One, yeah. One minute. He goes out there, he jumps over the fence and he picks up the big bag of fertilizer. And he goes, where can I move this for you, Mr. Feeney? And I honestly think Carrie Russell probably broke character here. Because when he was like, oh, just watch me effortlessly, effortlessly throw it. And he throws it and goes, "Ugh!" I think yeah. that was unless Carrie Russell is just in a, in a phenomenal actress, which I'm not saying she isn't. I think she broke character because that did look like a
1: legitimate laugh. Yeah. that she had, dude, that ha- like I think it was supposed to be him jumping the fence. I think the majority of that was improv because like, as we know, Will L, he does a lot of improv, especially in the show. So I think that definitely had to have been improv and then just broke.
0: Yeah. And he, he definitely played it. He played it off really straight
1: too. Yeah.
0: And I do love how you hear the, uh, you do hear the timer go off inside the Matthews house and then Morgan just comes running out. This, this is, is my, my brother,
1: brother, Eric. He's he very shy.
0: <laughs> and I love how Fanny just again calls bullshit on this. Yeah. <laughs> but she thinks it's cute. And then, uh, Eric speaking of
1: fertilizer.
0: Yeah. Speaking of fertilizer. <laughs> It was so well rehearsed, but then she goes, Eric's gonna take me to the carnival. He goes, I am. And then Feeny laughs, and he looks like your parrot learned a few new words.
1: Yeah, <laughs> dude, this like this interaction, like everything Mr. Feeny is saying, Mr. Feeny is definitely my favorite character in the entire series, dude. Like everything he's saying is just hilarious. Yeah, and you definitely know
0: too, like, Feeny can be there to break the tension or bring the tension. Yeah. And he can do both, too, at the same time. We'll see that in the future episode where Corey, Sean, and Topanga are doing the, uh, um, I don't remember the name of it right now, but they're doing that game show. Yes. Uh, and when he's yelling at the class, I mean, he does make a joke before going into his big explanation. But here, you know, Feeney says it's only polite for, for him to be asked to come along yeah. with them. And Eric, again, he, he I thought this was great. He grits his teeth and goes, Mr. Feeney, would you like to come to the carnival with us? Yeah. <laughs> and Feeney says, I'd rather have gum surgery. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dude, yeah. Dude, Mr. Feeney is so hilarious, man. Shout out to William Daniels, man.
0: Absolutely, man. If, I really hope one day William Daniels finds out about this. And uh, if he gives us a shout out, I'll probably cry. Um, I, I, I would
1: get his autograph tattooed on my forehead.
0: I would as well. <laughs> <laughs> What would Feeney do? I think that's an important message out there. What would Feeney do?
1: WWFD.
0: (laughs) In five minutes, the sun goes down on the suburbs, and 55 cops with their guns drawn are betting the suburban legends go with it. Sean Manos is Craig Lazenby. Mary Lee Osborne is Jamie Doyle. And introducing Matthew Phillips as Motherfucker Dave. All is fair in love and art. The action begins when they hit the start. Three friends are down to their last resort on making their movie are now turned to a life of crime to create the budget for their dream to become real. They're making a healthy living by making living unhealthy. Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road, also starring Haley Madison, Mike Travis, Josh Miller, Calvera Candy, and with a special appearance by Lloyd Kaufman. Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road. They're not criminals, they're artists. Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road, an MTV production written and directed by Mark McKay. Children under 17, be advised. Available now at storenv.com slash Mark McKay's Gimmick Table. That's Mark McKay, M-A-C-K-A-Y-E-S Gimmick Table. You know, we do see, uh, you know, Corey is waiting for grandma and he does come to the realization that she's not going to come, that she has bail on him. And he tries not to um, let that bother him. Um, So he goes to call Sean to go bowling and he call and he realizes he never told Sean that he's not going on the fishing trip. So Sean went with Corey's dad on the fishing trip. And I have to say and this is something I'm I'm kind of embarrassed about cuz I, I felt like such a horrible friend after I did this. Okay. My dad invited my friend Steve over to watch the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes game with us one time. And I had told my cousin I'm like, "Yeah, I can come over and help you uh, you know, do do your roof." Um, but I was like, "Yeah, I can come by and help you out with that. That's not a problem." But I totally forgot to tell my buddy Steve. So my my buddy Steve showed up at my house and watch the football game with my dad. And he stayed for the whole game too. Why not? Because, Cause I left a little early and I came back just for like the end of the fourth quarter. And he's like, he's still there. And my sister was just like, you're such a bad friend. Like, how could you not tell him? I was like, I was like, I totally forgot. So I so, definitely know that feeling. Yeah. You, you're, you definitely Corried, but it didn't look like Sean minded. It looked like Sean had a good time. Yeah. As a, as Sean and dad combined, they watch a, a, they watch Eric and Jessica kissing over by the fence. And Eric asks if there's any more surprises, if there's any more visitors and Corey's up in the treehouse.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I thought this was the best line of the show. And he goes, how long have you been up there? He's like long enough to watch you swap spit with a feenie." Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then like another thing, like we just saw, like they got back from the fair. Morgan just walks away with this giant uh, giraffe, pink giraffe. And then she's just like cock blocking him for like a a good chunk of time and then he's like okay like he's just like come on morgan get out of here i'm trying to trying to get some pg handy stuff yeah yeah. (laughs) which uh that brings us to uh this week's sponsor i thought you were (laughs) gonna say mr feeney's lesson of the week
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm sorry who's our sponsor
1: our sponsor is from from philadelphia Philly, it's Philly. Come on down to the Philly Fair, everyone. We have the best cinnamon buns, eating corn dogs and sugar funnel cakes, winning prizes till your arm starts to ache. We have absolutely the best corn on the crop. If you're lucky, you might get a hand job. The Philly Fair is the perfect place for your first date. Why not try and let us guess your weight? Come in ride Pennsylvania's biggest Ferris wheel. Spend so much money, your boobs, she'll let you feel. So get on down to Philly Fair today. Thank you for our sponsors at the uh, Philly Fair this week going on. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to have to yeah. go there. Yeah, dude. Get some hand jobs, man. Hey, everybody. Are you enjoying Mark and Dan Meets World? You do? Then there's a really good chance that you also like comic books. If that's the case, then you need to check out Dan Brown and Heyman, Save Christmas. Yes, the co hosts of this show and my best friend, comedian Dan Brown, wrote his very own comic book series. You're going to get lost in the action comedy of the terrorist attack at the North Pole. And a comedian who has to save his beloved holiday with his trustful St. Bernard. Check it out. Get the whole series. Read all three books. Read them again if you want. That's at danbrowncomedy.com. That's danbrowncomedy.com.
0: But then we, uh, (laughs) I'm I'm still thinking about the handjob part. (laughs) (laughs) But I do love when uh, when grandma comes back and she apologizes to Corey and they say, next time we'll do something. uh, Because Corey's dad, yeah. Oh, (laughs) Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You set me up perfect for it.
0: Oh, I, I really did. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can. I can not think about that right now. <laughs> Ew. It's all sticky and gross. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's dad does tell him about the time that uh, Grandma forgot to to give him the permission slip, but then you know to go to the space station or whatever it was. Um, but then when everyone else was watching uh, Mercury Three go go up on TV. Um, he got to go to Cape Canaveral and while the world was watching the spaceship, he's like, my mom was watching me. And I, I, as I watched it back as an adult, um, my buddy, um, my buddy, Jerry uh, directs a lot of theater and he writes theater and he teaches theater. Actually, he's got a Ph.D. in it. Um, and he, he explained to me we were talking about movies and he was telling me he's like uh, everything pretty much has something called the pill, meaning you're going to have to swallow this pill for the rest of this to make sense. And that's the way I kind of looked at this part because he's trying to compare grandma ditching her grandson to her forgetting to sign the permission slip
1: Mm -hmm. for
0: for a field trip. And I was like, these aren't really the same things. Yeah. And don't you think, like, maybe they would have had the permissions? Like, you don't just hand the permission slip in the day of the field trip. Usually it's like, okay, you got to get this in a week ahead of time.
1: Yeah. So they can and get a head count and
0: they can get a head count. And then this way they can go, you know, oh, hey, uh, you know, hi, Mrs. Brown. Uh, we noticed that your son, Dan, did not bring in his permission slip to go to the zoo with us. Um, did you want to uh, did you want him to go to the zoo? You do. OK, you do. You do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. I can't believe I I walked over that own joke. Um, I you do? That's what you were going for. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll send him home with another permission slip. You just make sure he brings that in on Monday.
1: I can't believe that they just didn't know. Yeah. They're like, sorry, little baby Alan. You're not fucking going. Yeah.
0: But I do love how Corey comes running in and he goes, you know, if um if Feeney comes in here, tell him that I've been upstairs for the last 20 minutes. And then Feeney comes in here and he goes, but George, he's been upstairs for the last 20, 20 minutes. minutes. <laughs> and then Grandma runs over the
1: rest of Mr. Feeney's flowers. Aw. So, yeah, I think the... Mr. Feeney lesson of the week is actually like taught from Alan actually. Um, where like this is what I picked up from the episode where it's just make every interaction with the people you love memorable. So it's this is I mean, like wh- how I spoke earlier, this is something that like I kinda took on like unconsciously. Like I always try to like have fun with people. Um kinda you know i'm a huge fan of bill murray and if you know the bill murray stories like how he just kind of like picks people and then just kind of like buddies them up and then like that's something that i've always kind of like done where like i'd go to a party find somebody who is just kind of like going through the motions there and then just try to make them feel like you know the best person there so like this is always something i always try to do like those like small interactions and just kind of like focused on people and just make it a big thing and kind of live like grandma Matthews and, and Bill Murray. I couldn't say it better myself. Yeah. I am going to say, I don't think we talked about this.
0: Um, this episode aired a um, November 20 I'm sorry, November 12th, 1993. And it got 7.8 out of 10 with 195 votes. I'm not saying this should be a 9.0 episode or a 9.5.
1: Hmm. I would say it's probably at least an 8.5. I thought it was yeah. a pretty funny episode. Yeah, definitely the stuff with Mr. Feeny. Like he just knocked everything out of the park. He really did. So that's going to be it. Mark and Dan rates this yeah. show at 8.5 out of 10. Yeah. So the Disney Plus description of it is: Corey learns a lesson in grandmotherly grandmotherly love. What about the hand jobs at the carnival? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's that's the description right there. Is Eric gets a hand job at a carnival.
0: Well, maybe the next episode. Let's see. What's the next episode on our list here? It's yeah uh, It's gonna be Teacher's Bet. Oh, that's ooh. actually that's actually a great episode. Uh, yes. No hand jobs whatsoever, but still a good episode.
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, that's a powerful episode. I'm looking forward to hitting that one.
0: I really am too. I mean, I, I'm gonna think like that could possibly be, um, out of all the episodes, and we haven't even recorded it yet. I think that's going to be probably my favorite one to talk about
1: yeah i mean i mean we're kind of like blowing this episode before we get to it but yeah that's definitely probably probably my favorite episode of season one
0: yeah i would uh i would agree i i definitely think it's it's the most important episode yeah especially in hindsight
1: yeah especially uh, in today's age and everything
0: but for season one and episode seven grandma was a rolling stone anything else you gotta say about this one mark
1: give us a On Instagram, give us a follow us on Instagram at Mark and Dan Meets World. You can like us on Facebook at Mark and Dan Meets World. Uh, There you can get bonus content, uh, pictures. Uh, I'll post my picture of my tattoo and my autograph. Uh, So, um, yeah, there's like, you get all sorts of like sweet bonus content, and then we'll let you know when episodes are dropping. Definitely give us a rate and review. Give us five stars. Uh, The funniest, give us like a really funny review and. Hey, we'll probably read it on air.
0: But I think that's a, that's a wrap for this episode, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please uh, check out next week. Um, again, teachers bet. Uh, we are going to be looking really forward to that. Um, but Mark and Dan, thrilled. my name's Dan Brown. And I'm Mark McKay. Everybody out there, have a good week. Good night.
1: Do good. Mark and Dan. Mark and
0: Dan. cast week of life
1: what we're doing. It's good to know I have friends along with
0: stand by me. When the- Mark and Dan meets